Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. It is a Tuesday. We are feeling good. And you're feeling good, too. You've made a right decision by tuning in and hanging out with us, whether you're consuming us on Sirius XM Channel 85, 35 spots down from the groove, or you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or watching on PeacockTV.com. We appreciate you. We love you. Jim Trotter is here. Uh, in the gym, in the Jim Trotter seat yesterday, Michael Smith was in the Jim Trotter seat. Now Jim Trotter uh, is in the Trotter seat today. What's up, Y'all Jim? Crazy, How you feeling? Man. How you doing? Crazy. How you feeling? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Back from Detroit, feeling good. Y'all got to oh, so tell. you at that game? Tell... You out in the deep? Yeah, I should. I should have I texted Vinny and said, "Come on down. Come enjoy it. You know, be a part of it. You know." He gave they up. got something going on up. there. Yes, they do. They do have something going on. And it's something when you see a, a downtrodden franchise that is on the rise and then, you know, has some optimism about to turn things around. You can just feel it. If, if not this year, the expectation going into the 2023 season for the Lions is we're going to make the playoffs. Hey, we're going to make the playoffs for the first time either since 2016 if they don't make it. <laughs> This year, or hey, we'll make the playoffs like we did last year. But this year, we won't just back in. We go, we coming for the NFC North. I, I like that that optimism and that excitement that's going on in Detroit. Now contrast that with what we saw last night, appropriately in the desert. And the <laughs> it's been a desert for a long, long time for the Arizona Cardinals. And Jim, you know, you covered sports for a long time. You, you know what it's like when an owner is sitting around looking at just taking stock of his franchise, just kind of sitting there on a Monday night. That's a prime time position. So Monday nights just hit different. You know, Sunday at one on the East Coast, Sunday at 425, you lose a game, you lose another one, uh, you, you, you make the same mistakes. Okay, fine. At least you don't feel like the whole league is watching you. It's just your fan base is disappointed, but not the league. Last night, the league has one game to watch, and it's the Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. And if you're looking at that, you know, I always used to say this, Jim. I, the thing I like about the playoffs is that the playoffs let you know just how far away you are from the top. And when you get to the end of it, you know, your team makes the playoffs and then you watch the Super Bowl participant and you say, no, nah, we're not close to that. Or, hey, we're, we're pretty close to that. We, we, we didn't make it this year, but we're close. But for the Cardinals, they have that going on. They have a losing streak. They have a, a really nasty, like, home streak. I think 11 out of 12 or they lost 12 in the last 13 at home. And the Super Bowl, where's the Super Bowl this year? Arizona. <laughs> like, so you, you're going to see the world. The world is going to come to you and they'll be talking about two participants. They ain't going to be talking about you 
and it will really be clear how far you are from real true contender status, man. It's a sad. It's a sad organization, isn't it? You know, Michael, it's funny that you bring them up because um, I was speaking to someone internally there last week. So even before this game, who was telling me that I shouldn't say this one person, there were multiple people I spoke to and were saying that, man, it's not a good situation in Arizona right now. And it's funny that you bring up the owner because the owner, I always talk about leadership starts at the top. And what people yeah. were telling me there is that folks at the top aren't being held accountable. And that starts with the ownership. Um, you know, when you look at some of the things that, that Cliff Kingsbury has done, you say, who's holding him accountable? Well, from what I understand internally, it's not the GM. And so when you look at some of the moves the GM has made or has not made, you say, who's holding him accountable? You would say the owner. I was told owner's not holding him accountable. So <laughs> wow. as I look at the Cardinals going forward, it's hard to think about how they're going to turn this around because they just, Michael Bidwell just extended the GM and the coach prior to the season. Listen. And you can make the case that there was no justification for it. Right. That, you know, listen, so, listen, I, I, I love uh, Jim. I love uh, working at uh, NBC sports uh, based in Connecticut. But I kind of wish in, in, in my daydreams, I kind of wish uh, NBC Sports were based uh, in Arizona because they were giving away. They were just giving away contracts, man. Like oh, oh, last year, <laughs> I mean, this, no, this calendar year, as a matter of fact, giving away contracts. So yeah. Kyler Murray, contract for you. Cliff Kingsbury, contract extension for you. Steve Kahn, general manager, contract extension for you. Everything, everybody's getting paid in Arizona. Hey, paychecks are up. Production is down. That's the American way. Yes, let's go get it. <laughs> let's get paid and, and, and really have not a lot to show for it. And speaking of shows, all of this is playing out on hard knocks. So, I, I, but okay, but you said something there. You said something interesting. I want you to follow up on it. The owner is not being held accountable. How, who, who typically holds ownership accountable? For, in, in no, any no, by that, no, what I meant by that is the owner is not holding the GM accountable. Okay. And I got the you. GM I got then you. is not holding the coach accountable. And the coach is definitely not holding some of the players accountable. Look, Michael, you know, there, there is a, a problem with discipline and, and respect in terms of the hierarchy. When a player comes off the field and says to the head coach, calm the F down, right? <laughs> I don't know right. of any player who would walk off the field and say to Bill Belichick, calm the F down and would still and be on go the back roster. On the field. And, then, and, then, exactly. right, right. and then go back on the field. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's just a small sample size, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into it right now because I'm sure it's something I'll be working on at the end of the season, but there are problems mm -hmm. there internally. And to me, they've got to get those things addressed. And there's a culture issue there too, that has to be addressed in terms of accountability and we knew when Bruce Arians was there, for instance, Bruce was holding everybody accountable, at least in terms of his players. And he didn't play favorites, so to speak. You had to earn his trust. You know, I've had those conversations with Larry Fitzgerald about it, where Larry once told me Bruce nearly broke him because Larry was always accustomed to having such a good relationship with his head coach. And in terms of what Bruce did to him early, 
Bruce treated him as if he was an undrafted free agent. Some of the ways he talked to him and some of the things he had him do. And Larry had to earn Bruce's trust to the point that they're close now. And Larry later bought Bruce a car after he, you know, broke or he injured Bruce's shoulder when they were doing a hug after a victory or something. Um, huh. And got him a Christmas present. And that's a hell of a present to get him a Mercedes convertible, you know, for injuring his shoulder. Um, if Larry wants to come knock my shoulder out of the joint, you know, uh, in return for a, you know what kind I'm, of car it was? What kind it. of car was it? It was a Mercedes, Mercedes convertible. Yes. You did say that. I wasn't listening. My fault. Yeah, no, but, it's all yeah, good. So, and so anyway, so yeah, they, but, got, they got issues in Arizona is the bottom line. You know, and, and they've gone from Larry Fitzgerald gifting Bruce Arians with the Mercedes to DeAndre Hopkins last night, gifting the Patriots uh, with a touchdown that turned the game around. I mean, you see this? I mean, just so, there's so much, and Troy Aikman said this in the broadcast, is one of the things that he didn't pull punches on last night. I got more on that. He pulled punches last night. You're going to be paid that much money. Don't be pulling punches during the game. <laughs> and I kind of know why. He kind of gave Ooh, us a hint why. Mi- I like this Michael Holly. I like oh, this oh, Michael listen, Holly. I, hey, listen. Hey, you got to be a truth teller. You got to be a truth teller. You hurt feelings. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, you can stand on the truth and you'll feel good about it. Uh, I, I might as well get there. I might as well get there right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before I, yeah. let me just, let me just jump ahead. Troy Aikman said at the very beginning of the broadcast, right, how predictable is this? Very beginning of the broadcast, they go to, they show a shot that ownership shot that every network does. Okay. Every network does it. And I know I'm close to home now. Okay. I'm, I'm close. Uh, I know we got football. Uh-huh. I know we got Sunday night football. I understand. But every network does that here. Here's the ownership shot. And depending on who the owner is, sometimes that, uh, that love letter that, that owed to fill in the blank name of the owner goes on for a while. So last night they show uh, Robert Kraft, with his son Jonathan. By the way, that's not his only son. He's got other kids now. Okay, they always say, "There's Robert Kraft and his son Jonathan." That ain't he ain't, he ain't an only child. Hey, listen, if I'm if I'm one of the other sons, I'm like, damn, damn, dad, can I get that seat? Just so it's like Jerry Jones with Jerry Jr. Right? Nobody yeah, talks about yeah, Jerry right. Jr. They just talk about Stephen and Charlotte. Stephen, right? Listen, uh, there's a there's a there's a Jonathan Kraft. There's also a Daniel Kraft too. There's like Danny. He's like, like there's a, there's a lot. There's a Josh Kraft. There are lots of crafts. Anyway, so they're showing us a shot of Robert Kraft and his son Jonathan. They said, "Oh, Aikman says, hey, not many owners stop by the broadcast booth to say hello. Well, why do you think he stopped by the broadcast booth to say hello, Troy, right before the game started? You think he just wanted to check in with you? You don't think he could have done that earlier in the week?" Maybe so you could, you know, say things in a certain kind of way. And sure enough, Troy Aikman last night, I kept waiting for this quarterback, this Hall of Fame quarterback, well-paid. I don't begrudge anybody making money, but you got a record contract, and I want to get my money's worth. I want Troy Aikman to talk about this Patriots offense that is coordinated by a defensive coordinator. Like even Vance Joseph, who's got the worst defense in the league, called out Matt Patricia unintentionally earlier this week said it looks like an offense that's coordinated by a defensive guy. 
Why is Mac Jones struggling? Why can't the Patriots? Why are they the worst team in the league in the red zone? Come on, Troy. Give it to me, baby. And no, he just kind of held up. He kind of spoke in anagrams a little bit. He kind of yeah, yeah, you, you got to get it. It's a little bit of a riddle. He didn't give us the real stuff. But anyway, one thing he did say last night, he didn't hold back on this. He said there's a lot of bad football being played in the league right now. And he just said that matter of factly. And that was late in the game. And I said, finally, it was like the fourth quarter. He said, I said, yes, Troy, truer words have not been spoken tonight. And, and Jim, I don't know if you agree. If you look at where we are right now on December, what's today, the 13th? Where we are on December 13th, this is really, we always say teams separate themselves in December and January. Well, sometimes they separate themselves just by refusing to be stupid, just by letting somebody else be more self-destructive than they are. The Patriots are not a great football team, far from it, but they don't do things like this to cost themselves games. And I think we're going to see that not just from uh, the teams like the Patriots taking advantage of this, but some other teams who are on the playoff fringes just kind of holding their position, doing what they can, staying within themselves, and then benefiting because they don't do crazy things like put knives in their eyes and all sorts (laughs) of uh, uh, (laughs) ridiculous antics that the Cardinals did last night. Yeah, but Michael, you've been around long enough. You know the truism in the NFL that says more games are lost than won. And last night was one of those examples. And look, to your point, the really good coaches understand when to take risk and when not to. And what do I mean by that? I remember back when I was covering the Chargers one year, um, I think it was the early 2000s. They had the NFL's number one ranked defense. And I remember talking to some people around the league and they were like, yeah, but the defense really isn't that good. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's not that good. It's ranked number one. And they said, no, their offense is so bad that opponents don't have to open up their offense and try, you know, to, 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 to take chances. They can just wait because they know that that San Diego offense, it was in the San Diego chargers, that that offense was going to make mistakes that were going to give opportunities to the opponent to go and win the game. And sure enough, it was true, you know, because I'm sitting up there trying to tout that defense about how good it was. And the reality was it was good, but it wasn't number one good because its offense was so bad that teams just kind of held back until they needed to score. And typically when they needed to score at the end of the game, opponents would go down the field and score. So you're right. I think Bill Belichick, obviously is smart enough to understand that there are certain teams that you don't have to take a lot of chances with that they will beat themselves. And it sounds like a cliche, but it's absolutely true in today's NFL. So where does, uh, where does Tampa Bay fit in that whole construct? Are they a team that is not talented enough and that's why they don't win? Are they a team that uh, beats themselves uh, is it a team with a, a really great shining uh, crown jewel and a quarterback, but not much around him? Because no, you told you me can't. at the beginning you... of the season, you told me at the beginning of the season, you said, this might be the year. This might be the year when Tom Brady starts to dip. And I'm not no, sure well, Brady has dipped, but I know his, his team has. Yeah, let, let's be clear. I never said Brady would dip. I said I believe that the Bucks would dip, that I believe they would okay, not make Bucks. the playoffs. 
And I, and I said that because, as I said to you then, the minute you start, a player starts talking about retirement, let alone actually retiring, he's retired in my mind. So you want to stick with and, it? You want to stick with that? That the Bucks won't make the playoffs? I do. Um, well, I want to stick let me put it. it to you this way. If I stick with it, it's not for the reason I thought in the beginning. In the beginning, right. prior to the season, I thought it was because the Saints would win the division. But who right cares? now, <laughs> like, who cares uh, why right you now, were right? I well, I know. Look, well, I guess the details matter to me. But right now, I would say Ooh. if I were to say that, it's because I think Carolina will win that division. And to me, that's one of the best stories in the NFL besides the Lions and, and what um, the commanders have done. But for Steve Wilkes to come in there after Matt Rule was fired to make the changes on the staff, to make the changes on the roster, do the things that he has done and now have that team a game out of first place and having already beaten the Bucks this year and to be three and one in the division, I think it would be a hell of a story for Steve Wilkes to come back after the way he was treated coming full circle um, in Arizona to now get an opportunity and potentially win that division would be incredible. It, it's a hell of a story on brother from another. It would not be a hell of a story nationally if that happens because of the, the division that they play in. So you know how it would play out nationally. Like, like right here, I agree with you. Everything, everything you said, because I, I do think, I think, um, I think the Panthers are going to win the division. Uh, they're, they're five and eight, have the same divisional record as the Bucks. Uh, they've beaten the Bucks head to head. Look who the Bucks have next. Look who the Panthers have next. The Panthers, uh, no, no Kenny Pickett. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing no Kenny Pickett. Uh, on Sunday. So you've got the Panthers facing Mitch Trubisky and the Bucks facing Joe Burrow. Ooh, ooh, that's not good. Okay, that's just not good. I'm just going to put it right there. I'm going to say it like that. That's not good. So I I anticipate on, uh, not to do an early version of my bets your money, but I anticipate uh, the next time we talk that both teams will be six and eight. With three games to play down the stretch, six and eight. And if you look at the Panthers' schedule, ooh, it is lovely. Um, they really, they really don't have a, a, a tough schedule. They don't have a tough schedule, so they should be well positioned. Don't, uh, the Bucks. Don't do that, Bucks, Michael. Don't, don't they, do that. I know, I know. Any given don't Sunday and all that stuff. But you know what? People say that like, any given Sunday thing. All right, look. Any given Sunday, you know what that cliche is for? I'm telling you, any given Sunday is a cliche for the worst people in America. And you know who they are? They're the literalists. They're the, like, like, literalist will be the death of us all. Like, you cannot say anything to a literalist because they always have, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, you're like, you say, look, Hey, you know, Kansas City, if Kansas City plays the Texans, you know Kansas City is going to beat that ass. Okay, you say that to a literalist, and a literalist says, well, <laughs> you know, I remember that time that a two-win team uh, beat a 13-win team, so you can, I, I, we know, we know, we know it's possible. We know it's possible, no, uh, but what's likely? I, I can go so many ways what's with this. Math? I can go so, what's the I math can go so many ways with this. I can what's go so many tell? ways with this. But I won't. Go ahead. Won't. Go, 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 go. No, no, no. I'm going to let you have the point. Because if, if we get into the literal game and you're talking about beating asses, I, I mean, I'm not going to go there. So I'm, I'm going to keep this on football right now. Um, I think 
even I can't get past that one. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think Carolina right now would be be the favorite for, but I think part of the reason that they are do that the Panthers are doing what they are doing is because, again, to use the football cliche, they are staying focused and in the moment, one game at a mm. time, as our guy Marty Schottenheimer would say, not looking down the road, and just playing from that way. And again, man, I couldn't be happier for Steve Wilkes. He got. Um, a bad treatment in Arizona to be fired after one wow. year without a what franchise a quarterback. What? See, see the theme here. The theme is what a through line. The through line has yep. just been consistent the entire show. We start off talking about bad organizations. Yep. We mentioned Arizona off the top, the season that they're having, and then you just go to Steve Wilkes and where did he get bad treatment? Wow, it was in Arizona. Is that a coincidence? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him too. But I'm saying, uh, Jim, the reason that won't be the number one story is if, if if Carolina Panthers overtake the Buccaneers and win this division and leaves Tom Brady out of the playoffs, that's going to be your headline. That is the bold headline. Tom Brady doesn't make the playoffs overtaken by the Carolina Panthers. So that focus will be on, hey, what's going on with the Buccaneers? Unfortunately, it might lead to some conversation about Todd Bowles uh, after he took over for Bruce Arians. No, what well, if, will go, Brady come back? Where will Brady go? All that kind no, of stuff. That's the number one storyline, even more than the Bucks and what went wrong and, and Todd Bowles and all of that. You know darn well the story is going to be, is Tom Brady going to play again? And if so, where? Because it won't be Tampa. That will be the story. And people are already speculating about where could Brady fit next year. Like you've already heard about Vegas and, and other clubs about even San Francisco where he would be good next year, potentially if, if he were to play again. Um, I haven't, I'm not going down that road right now. Uh, I Look, he's still got a shot to make it this year, but there are problems in Tampa, obviously. That's me stating the obvious. And that one of the more mystifying storylines of this entire season for me is how a player of Tom Brady's caliber cannot get on the same page with a receiver of, of yeah. um, Michael. Mike um, Evans, yeah. Yes, Mike Evans. How, how he can't get on the same page with Mike Evans. It makes no sense to me. None. And it's not like it's their first year together. So what has changed this year for the two of them that all of a sudden – one is, is 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 seeing one thing and the other one is seeing something else. I I I will be fascinated at the end of the year when they are honest, I believe, at that point about it, of what went wrong or why this isn't working for the two of them. Because they're not going to tell us right now. But at the end of the year, it'll this. come out. I want to pick up on this when we come back. But I'm just going to ask you a question. You know, I remember uh, how you felt when you got out of bed when you were 25. 25 felt great. <laughs> Had great energy. He did great. He can do anything. He didn't worry about rest. He didn't worry about, oh, I got to conserve my energy. But when you were 45, things start to, ooh, start to ache a little bit. It's not the same. Could that be happening to our 45-year-old hero, Tom Brady? It's just, it's not bad. Just not quite what it used to be like Cedric Entertainer said never quite curl it's just Tom Brady's just not curling like he used to is it possible <laughs> you haven't heard about number crispy yet 
Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. Bree Greenlaw came up to you and asked you to sign the football for an interception. And you had done that with Brandon Eccles a year ago, and you said, I'm not signing any more mistakes. And yet this wow. yet this young man was so excited. He said, you're the greatest yeah. ever. This is the biggest moment, yeah. in essence, of my life. And you signed the ball. Uh, tell us about that moment, what it was for you, what it was like for you, Tommy. Yeah, it was for me, to be honest. It was complete <laughs> <laughs> But I try to be a gentleman. No, it was actually, he's a, yeah, I mean, look. It was a great play he made. I'm happy he's got the ball. I wish I didn't throw it, but I'm trying to be a good sport because a lot of times I'm not a good sport. I could be a pretty bad sport. And so in the moment when they get me in the right frame, I'm actually a good sport. So yeah, uh, that's I it. Yeah, try to be a good sport. It's you look good. You look you know. like you meant it. You look nice, yeah. Tommy, when you were signing the ball. There were a lot of cameras on you too, pal. You kind of you, you were forced into <laughs> that one. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. So, uh, it's Tom Brady talking about uh, the moment after uh, San Francisco really put a beating on Tampa Bay. It was 35-7. to uh, The game was really never competitive. Brady threw an interception, threw a couple of interceptions, but the interception there uh, after the <clears> game, <throat> player went up to him and said, hey, you're the greatest. Been watching you since I was two years old. Jim, Mike Jones, been watching Tom since he was two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Tom, at 45 years old, uh, uh, gave him an autograph on his podcast. So Jim, go ahead. I know you want to say something to me because you think I'm being, you think I'm being maybe unfair. What, 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 you got some comments about Tom Brady. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just hit me with it. No, I just, I just find it curious how quickly you turn on your guys, your friends. You know, Tom's your guy. How, how could you? Why are you so negative? All right. So I just want to say this. And Mike, I want you to know this too, because I, I I don't want any of my friends to think, oh, this is how it is when I start to struggle. Oh, your brother's going to start taking shots at me. Tom Brady, I'm so thankful for Tom Brady. I've told you uh, that this house that I'm sitting in, uh, Tom Brady built the house. Uh, my kids are going to college on the Tom Brady Scholarship Fund. Okay. Now, Tom Brady has been good to the Holly family. So I, I love Tom Brady. Uh, his success has been our success. Thank you, Tom. It's not personal. Mike, does this sound like it's personal? It's not personal. I am just stating what everybody sees, including Mike Jones, and that is just because you're the greatest of all time doesn't mean that automatically your team is going to come along with you. You can't be, at some point, you lose the ability to drag a team, to will a team to pick you. And that's, where, and that's where Tom Brady is now. He's still a very good quarterback, but he is not a top three quarterback in this league anymore. Career-wise, yes. Currently, no. And that's why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, despite Brady's good play, he can't overcome. Brady is not able, Mike, to cover up all the things that, that ail the Buccaneers. Agree or disagree? Well, in the words of Giselle, is he supposed to catch the passes too and make the tackles and 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 get interceptions too? I mean, I he can still play at a high level, but the defense is letting him down. Um, his left tackle, who holds every single play, Ooh. is letting him down. Um, you know, the the inconsistent wide receivers 
um, that he can't get on the same page with are letting him down. So Brady is still Brady. No, no, no. Almost. No, no. There might be a little bit no. of a, you know, the okay. edge isn't Thank quite you. there, but he could still be doing better <clears throat> if he had the support that he had in 2020 can, uh, from this Bucks okay, team. He, he, can, I, can I just say, uh, Mike, can I just say, Brady is not still Brady. Not 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 Brady all caps. He's capital B, lowercase R A D Y. Brady. But it used to be Brady. Hey, you talking about the defense? I watched Tom Brady carry. This is facts. You look it up. I watched Tom Brady carry one of the worst defenses since the merger to the Super Bowl. All right, the 2011 Patriots went to the Super Bowl. They had yardage wise, they were one of the worst defenses ever. And he carried him. He carried him to the Super Bowl because he was that. He was that dude. He was, but he's not that right. anymore. Can I, can I, he's still very can good. Can I jump in? Can that. I jump in for one? Can I jump in for one quick second? I would like to ask our illustrious producer Gary Carter, go back prior to Week One, please, and bring the clip back of me saying I didn't think the Tampa Bay Bucks would make the playoffs, and bring back and show not only the expression on Michael Holly's face. But what he had to say to me about how foolish, in essence, I was being by saying that. Ooh, I don't Why? recall that. I wouldn't say that. Why? I don't recall that. Be- because of Tom Brady. Because of Tom. How could you say that about Tom Brady? Not making the play? No. And now look at him. Now he's just, just going off on, on his board. Jim. Now he's Jim, just you probably said it. Jim, hey, look. Jim, you probably said in the summer, content. You know, you just kind of scratching for content in the summer. You know, I'm just trying to... I was just trying to push you on. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with you, but hey, man, we're trying to do a show here. We gotta, we gotta well, create you agreed some with stuff. Me. You know? Okay, well, I agree with you. You left me out on you, to... you. Wait, you left me out on that limb by myself for somebody who agreed with me. It was good for you, though. Right? It was good for you. I got it you. Was good for I got you. you. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's hear from Mike Jones. He's smarter than both of us about all this. Go on, yes, Mike Jones. Is. Tell yes, him. Yes, he is. No. No, 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 no. I, I am not. I, I am still trying to be like Lord Trotter when I grow up, which is a long way from now. You know, I actually walked up to him the first time in Ashburn. I said, hi, I've been reading you since I was seven years old. And, you know, he said, oh, well, I was only, he said, I was only 16 at the time, huh? Um, so, you know, I agree with you that Brady, you know, isn't quite have that edge, but he does have enough. And so when you're looking at people, you can't, point the finger at him again we saw a 70 yard touchdown pass to mike evans who finally ran the right direction um called back was a holding we've seen that defense not generate the pressure not get the stops that they should so um i still think that we you know if you had took tom brady and plugged him into another team where the defense was more consistent where the the talent was more consistent where he had um a, a reliable pass catching tight end um, his team would have a winning record right now. Um, yes, this past Saturday, Sunday, we saw him throw awful interceptions, but otherwise, we haven't seen him look awful this year. I think there's a part of him, and, and this is just from afar, too, as you watch him. I think there is a frustration level on his part right now about how he has not and this team has not been able to get on track consistently. There might be a performance at the end of the game where they make a, a, a final drive score to win or whatever, and you think, okay, now we're turning the corner, and then you come back out the next week like they did 
um, this past Sunday and just getting get the brakes beaten off of them. So I think there's a level of frustration with him, and I think that maybe he he has tried to do some things or force some things that maybe he might not not have in the past. I do agree if this if this is possible, I agree with both of you. I think with Mike Tom Brady's still an elite quarterback, but to Michael's point, there are certain things he he no longer does as well as he used to earlier in his career. But if you put him on a team where you can play complementary football, where your offensive tackle isn't holding on every every other pass play or where he can get on the same page with his receiver, to me, there's nothing that says he can't go back to another Super Bowl. But it's can he get well, into one of those situations? Let, let's stay right there. I, I'm going to say something that would surprise you both. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have scored fewer points this year than the New England Patriots. And that's something. Like the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so... Brady has has handpicked everything everything that's happening in Tampa. He has created it. He didn't have to deal with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his quarter as his quarterback coach and his offensive coordinator. Uh, he's got Mike Evans, as you said uh, earlier. Jim brought in Julio Jones. All these all these pieces that he has made happen, and yet their offense uh, is, is worse than the Patriots' offense, if you can believe that. But Mike, I want to ask you, uh, what have you heard about you know, next year for Brady? I think he'll I think he will play. Any uh, whispers about where he's going? Because I think uh, Kyle Shanahan wanted him, and then he played him on Sunday. He's like, "Now nah, we're good." <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> no, no, but uh, where, where's he gonna go? You know, I was asking a number of people about this uh, just after Sunday. Just saying, like, "Hey, what do you think?" And a lot of people are still kind of fifty-fifty. Um, a number of people still think, "Nah, you know, he's probably gonna hang it up." But you never can say never until. Um, Brady says so then other people say hey you know what San Francisco could be an option obviously they've got some figuring out to do with Trey Lance um, who there's still a lot of questions that they gave up the farm uh, for but San Francisco is Las Vegas an option would the New York Jets be an option go up there and torment uh, Bill Belichick twice a year with a a really talented defense and some young on the rise offensive players Uh, but then what if Robert Kraft says to Bill Belichick, hey, Mac Jones is up and down. Let's load this thing up and get Brady for one more last hurrah, and you guys can ride off into the sunset together. You know, Or, or what if Mike Vrabel tries to get his buddy to come over and help him? He's going to have some options. I, you know, If he does decide, there's going to be probably about six teams that have quality defenses, quality run games, and need a, a, a veteran quarterback like him uh, that could give them a chance to to make a run at a Super Bowl. Forgot about the one other Patriot guy, McDaniel's, out there in Vegas. I said Las Vegas. Yeah, I oh, said did Las you? Vegas. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear you. When you get old, That's you know good. your ear hearing is one of the first things to go. So. Um, <laughs> oh, listen, I, I I did that to I, you. Look, I did that to you earlier too, Jim. <laughs> I did you, that earlier. It's all good. on the Mercedes, but, but the other thing. Yeah, but the other thing with Tom too is he's got thirty plus million a year waiting for him in the broadcast booth, so he may say, "I don't need this frustration anymore. I am the goat. I'm the greatest of all time. Let me go on and move on and have some fun and make that kind of money." So, a lot, a lot of unknowns here. I, I want you guys. Uh, I, I want you to uh, look at something. You know, um, as an HBCU dad, uh, Mike Jones, as an HBCU grad. Uh, Jim Trotter, I, I want you to, uh, well, 
It's not, not ready yet. I have something for you. I have something. That's a little tease, though. That was a tease. I got something for you guys this segment. So stay, stay close. I have a little, I have a surprise for you coming up in a, in a couple of minutes. And it's not, it's not a surprise that's going to, I know you're looking at, you guys are looking at me like, oh, he's going to try to set us up, do something. He's going to try to embarrass us. I'm not going to do that. It's going to be a good thing. Uh, but let, let me ask you, let me ask about something else. though. Uh, I asked Charles Robinson this is yesterday. I want you both to answer this question before we get to our surprise. I look at the AFC and I think the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> are the best team in the AFC. That's saying something because last year I doubted them the entire time until it was time to go to the Super Bowl and NBC told me that I was going to be the uh, Bengals beat reporter. Then I, I turned on them real like, Hey, hey, Bengals. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, I've been supporting you all year. I, I got you. Hey, Zach. Joe. What's up, Jamar? What's up, baby? Good to see you. But anyway, uh, last year it was a long way for me to figure out Cincinnati was good, but I, I believe it now. Cincinnati, I, I say they're the best team in the AFC over Kansas City, three and zero in the last calendar year over the over the Chiefs, and over Buffalo. What are you both of you? I'd, li- I'd like to get your response to that. Go ahead, Mike. I don't think so. I do think they are the number two team in the AFC. Um, I think that the way that they've been able to string together wins despite having key pieces on offense not there, um, losing guys on defense, um, you know, I think that is impressive. I think that the way that Joe Burrow has kept this thing going um, is impressive. But I know they beat the, the, the Chiefs one time. I don't know. Can you do it again? I still, my money would be with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and so I'm going with them. Yes, their defense has some, you know, little hiccups here and there. Uh, but the way that they're able to move the football, um, you know, you have an ugly game, you throw three interceptions and you still win handily with three touchdown passes and key plays. Um, I, the Chiefs are my pick for the number one team in the AFC, but the Bengals is number two. No, I, I, I got to side with Michael on this one from this standpoint. Number one, as you say, can they do it again? As Michael said, they've done it three times in a calendar year. Um, and that plays with you psychologically when you go against opponent as well because Patrick Mahomes wanted that game earlier this year against, against the Bengals. He wanted to quiet all that talk that they had the Chiefs numbers, and it didn't happen. But the, the, the real reason I would go with Cincinnati at this point is this. They started out struggling. And we all talked about Super Bowl hangovers and all of that. And now they've turned that around despite all of the things that have happened in terms of injuries, Burrow starting slow, all of those various things. And they're playing some of the best football in the NFL right now. So when we get to this time of year, we talk about health and we talk about momentum. And the Bengals, to me, seem to have that more than any other club in the AFC at this point. So... We say styles make fights, and if it winds up being the Bengals and Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, I got to put my money on the Bengals again based on history. But, but hey, look, look at that, that schedule finished for them. Go. Do you think that they can carry yeah. that momentum over? That that That's the thing, though. The, the Chiefs have an easy momentum-building schedule down the stretch, but the Bengals, that's that's not an easy cakewalk right there. Well, well let, what, let me... Who's, okay, that, to who's that, your to tough that, team? To that point, I'll, who, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Who's it? Who's a tough team there? I, I see one. You see one? No, I, I, see, I see the one. Patriots defense could give them some trouble. Um, obviously, yeah. the Bills are tough, but they can't. And score. the Ravens are a divisional, but the Ravens are a divisional team that they that has already beaten them once. The, if they have Lamar Jackson healthy, that's another tough one right there. So 
I, I'm not saying that they, I don't know that this is going to be an easy, you know, momentum building home stretch for them. Well, first think, of all, I, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead, Jim. No, Jim, go ahead. No, I mean, I mean, the Bucks are a gimme right now, the way the Bucks are playing. Who put the schedule back up so I can see it? Um, my screen went to another one, so it's small, so I can't oh, see. Oh. But the Patriots, the Patriots can't can't score yeah. enough to keep pace with them, in my opinion. The Bills will be the one tough game Michael talked about, and to the Ravens' point, now that next game will be played in Cincinnati, and I think that the the Bengals, if you go back to last year in terms of how they played Baltimore, they played them extremely tough as well, and you got to hope that Lamar is healthy at that point. So to me. I'm not necessarily going to say that that's a tough stretch for the Bengals going forward with the way that they're playing. Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, Mike, last year, I know there were a lot of things going on with Baltimore injury-wise. I mean, they just, everybody, they were decimated by injury last year. But in those games, Cincinnati really destroyed. Wow. I mean, they destroyed the Ravens. It's, it was almost like the Ravens really had no answer and I guess they've they've had two looks at Jamar Chase now, so they should have a pretty good idea of how to play them. But Jamar Chase had his coming out party, uh, one of his many coming out parties last year, but one of the big ones, it was his white party. He had his white party <laughs> against the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens where he had over like 200 yards against them. So um, the, the Bengals historically have struggled against the Browns and have done very well against the Ravens and Steelers lately. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think uh, it, it's it's been pretty impressive. No matter what happens with them, it's been impressive. And tell me if you agree with this, Mike. Um, one of my last things for you before I show you my surprise. Uh, that didn't come out right. Um, one of the last things before <laughs> we get to... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. YouTube bloopers. Here it comes. Oh. We talk about beating okay. ass and, and surprises yeah. and you know. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really have a great night of sleep, you know. So I was up watching Patriots Cardinals. It kind of does it does things to your brain. Um but last <laughs> thing I'll say before we get to the surprise, it's not mine. The surprise. And that is that. A lot of teams, those Super Bowl losers, lots of stats about lose the Super Bowl and then you just kind of collapse. They've they've acquitted themselves very well, and and that's not mm-hmm. easy to do. Agree? No, no, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, look, the Super Bowl hangover normally gets the loser, and it got the Super Bowl champ. And they looked the Bengals looked like they had a little bit of a tough stretch, but they pulled their way through and are looking, you know, as formidable um, as ever uh, again. I still roll with Patrick Mahomes, but they are impressive. All right, hit last thing, thing. What you got? Hit one quick go thing, ahead, real ahead. quick. Correct me if I'm wrong. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, correct? No, I think you're right. They've had the number one. Right. No, oh no, didn't That's they right. play up in uh, New England? No, no, no. You're right. No, New England. No, went yeah, there. you're right. No, they, they have there. not. Yeah, they would. I, I think it's fairly important for Kansas City to maintain that one seed, in my opinion. Um, oh, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I want to be the Chiefs going on the road to play the Bengals. Um, but they don't have the one AFC seed. Championship they game. don't have it. Buffalo, no, I, Buffalo has it. Oh, Buffalo has it right now? And, okay. Yeah, because yeah, Buffalo beat them. Buffalo beat them head-to-head. That's right. You're right. So, You're yeah, right. So they got it over. Uh, yeah, so they, they Buffalo has it over the Chiefs. All right, check this out. We, You know, guys, uh, we, we had a lot of <clears> conversations 
the last week about Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State for Colorado. Uh, lots of lots of interesting, uh, provocative dialogue that really was generated from that that singular event. Dion going to Colorado. Well, there was some news uh, with Jackson State today. I want you to uh, take a listen and take a look. Make sure he's ready to come in, Coach. You know, the 22nd head coach of Jackson State University. Uh, is he ready to come in, Coach? Give me a The one and only TC. Oh, there's a scene right there of the new head coach at Jackson State. Is TC Taylor? Uh, he played there. Uh, from 1998 to 2001 and you know fellas what really stands out to me you know we get so caught up in our conversations about hey what what did Dion do this the right way and hey Dion left Jackson State and said goodbye and what about those kids and what about us well Dion Sanders is there the head coach of Colorado the former coach of Jackson State Dion Sanders is there for this announcement for Jackson State's uh, new head coach uh, Jim. I've heard your your take on uh, Deion Sanders going to Colorado. Mike Jones. I haven't heard yours. Uh, just your thought about Deion to Colorado and his replacement TC Taylor there today. No, I think it's great for him going to Colorado. Look, he he did a ton for Jackson State, raised the profile of them and other HBCUs. So he wants to go on and move on to another challenge. Go for it. Um, I'm all for that. But he's also definitely leaving that school in a better position than what it was when he took over. Um, and look, now you see he's elevated uh, one of his the the long time one of the top assistants there that you clearly see that the guys have a lot of respect for. You see that that job means a lot to uh, Taylor as well. Um, how can you not feel good when you see that? So Dion is still invested. Uh, he is not just using that to scrap it and just move on. Uh, I think that he's leaving it in, in the right way. Yeah, you know, that's great. And, it, you know, uh, Jim, it reminded me, and we'll, we'll go to break on this. Uh, it reminded me of, of Marcus Freeman when he was announced at Notre Dame. And everybody, all the players, he walked in, and the players were just so excited to see somebody who was a part of their, uh, part of their program, you know, get promoted. So, uh, I'd say right. good for everybody involved. Good for Dion at Colorado. Good for T.C. Taylor there in Jackson, Mississippi at Jackson State. And Mike Jones, that's good for you. That celebratory moment. That celebratory moment was longer than Dion's tenure at Jackson State. Oh wow! The shots continue. So what? Oh, Goodness. take the high road. Wow. Take the take the high road, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Jones, good to see you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We'll see you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, so real quick, Jim, we were talking uh, during the break. Uh, Deion Sanders. So you had the shot. You had that great shot on the way out. You said that ovation lasted longer than Deion's tenure at Jackson. So, 
So Sorry, you bro. Still, I got... You still have some issues with with Dion. Just a little bit, right? Just no. No, 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 no. Let's be clear. I, I have no problem with Dion going to Colorado. I, I mean, if that's where he wants to be, that's where he should be. And if he can increase his his um, profile and 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 his coaching profile and the things he wants to do and increase um, or improve the the livelihoods of his assistant coach, more power to him. I have. I want to be clear. I have absolutely no problem with Dion going to Colorado. My problem, if you want to call it a problem, and I don't even think it's that, is that, look, I try and take people at their words. And when you come in the door and you tell me that God has sent you to Jackson State to do all of these different things, and within a year and a half, again, a year and a half, you are on record already talking about leaving and saying you would be a fool not to listen Mm. if Power 5 schools came, that's why I start to have an issue in terms of what was your real motivation all along. That's all I'm saying. Well, if you want to improve okay. your life and your coaching resume, that's more power to you. But don't and think like, I'm like gonna I, forget about what you said coming in the door. Now, y'all, I, y'all, I had to give him some Bible during the break. I would say, look, you know, God, uh, God said to the prophet Isaiah, "My thoughts are not my thoughts, and my ways are not your ways." You may not always understand what God tells you to do, Jim. You just gotta follow you got to follow and, here, and, and, and trust and, here, and trust that it's going to work out here's where i'm going to save you from yourself michael holly the one thing i do know is that if you want to keep your show certain things you shouldn't talk about and religion is one of them so i'm gonna save no, you no, from no. that because we're not gonna no, no, no. we're not gonna have that gonna talk we're about not gonna have that conversation on air no, no i don't want to talk about religion but i'll say this okay. okay if i can't be and i, I really believe this, if i can't be myself I don't need a show. If yeah. I cannot be my true self, that's okay. That's all right. I'll do something. It'll be time for me to do something else, but I'm always going to be myself. But speaking of speaking of something that really stands out to me that that's authentic and real, tell me about your shirt. That's a great shirt you have on today. I, I, I didn't want to get off the air without mentioning that. Tell me about the shirt. Why you wore that shirt oh, today? Was it, I love it. It was a gift. From, it was a gift from the wife, Tommy, Car, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, uh, 68 Olympics. Uh, never forget. Never forget. Love that. Jim Trotter, always great talking to you, brother. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.